Welcome to Tribe Talk, presented by Progressive, making it easy to bundle home and car insurance. Brought to you by Subway, the official training restaurant of the Cleveland Indians. By the University of Akron. Visit areyououtthere.com. Everyone, welcome to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse, along with you this weekend from Progressive Field in downtown Cleveland, and a hot stove burning now as we are on the eve of the baseball winter meetings, which begin this week down in the Washington, D.C., Baltimore area. That time of year when all the teams in Major League Baseball and most of the minor league clubs, too, they all get together. And a lot of times that leads to big-time free agent signings and big trades as well. And uh, we'll see what transpires this week at the baseball winter meetings. Coming up on this week's show, we will be joined by Indians President of Baseball Operations, Chris Antonetti, with a preview of the baseball winter meetings. Also, some updates on different players in the system in terms of contracts. And we also talked to Chris about being named Baseball America's Executive of the Year Award winner and what it means to him. Rosie, as you well know, it's not about any individual. While I may get the attention, it's really the result of a collective effort by an extraordinary group of people from our front, the entirety of our front office to our scouts to our player development staff, our coaches, Tito, the medical staff. I think everyone contributed to the success we had this year, and I think this recognition is more a reflection of, of their work than anything that than I've done specifically. Also on the show today, one of the best prospects in the Indians minor league system, outfielder Bradley Zimmer, who's looking forward to major league camp this spring and making an impression at Indian spring training. I mean, I, I'm very confident that uh, that I can make a, you know a good impression. Um, you know, it's not my my decision to just, you know make the rosters and the lineups. Um, you know, I leave that to obviously to Tito and our, our front office. Um, but you know, I'm going to do absolutely everything I can to to uh, you know win a job there and put myself in a position where I deserve it. And we'll also feature the return of the game of the week as we'll take a look back at a game from June the first this past season, the first of 11 walk-off wins for the Tribe as they took on Texas that day. The game of the week coming back on Tribe Talk, and we'll get it all rolling. After this timeout, as it's Tribe Talk on the Cleveland Indians Radio Network. Welcome back to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse back with you from Progressive Field in downtown Cleveland. Well, the hot stove really picking up now for not only in the Indians, but teams throughout baseball with the baseball winter meetings getting set to begin in the Baltimore, Washington, D.C. area on Monday. And then last night was the deadline for teams to tender contracts to their arbitration-eligible players. And for the Indians, that meant nine players had to, to have some decisions made on them, including closer Cody Allen, reliever Brian Shaw, outfielder Lonnie Chisenhall, also outfielder Brandon Geyer, relievers Zach McAllister, Jeff Manship, 
and Dan Otero, and then starting pitchers Danny Salazar and Trevor Bauer. They were all in that same boat as uh, the Indians had to make a decision by midnight last night whether to tender them contracts as they are all arbitration eligible and uh, that will be taken care of prior to spring training and, and sometimes on into spring training. We had a chance to visit with Indians president of baseball operations, Chris Antonetti, and he talked about that process with those nine players and how it transpired in the end. Well, Rosie, we offered contracts to all of our arbitration eligible players with the exception of uh, Jeff Manship, who we did not uh, tender a contract to, which basically effectively means that Jeff will become a, a free agent. Um, effective today and that we it doesn't preclude us from uh, still trying to sign Jeff back to a contract but we got to a point where while we're certainly appreciative of all the contributions Jeff has made over the course of the last couple seasons with us you know we felt it was important for us to kind of maintain a little bit of roster flexibility here as we headed into the winter meetings and that was a difficult decision we had to make to allow that to happen and you mentioned that roster flexibility with him uh, and as far as the others, uh, they run the gamut. Your closer's in there, uh, Cody Allen, Lonnie Chisholm's in there. Um, what are some of the other factors uh, with each player that, that you look at when making some of those decisions? Well, ultimately what you have to weigh is what what do you expect their earnings to be if going if they go through the salary arbitration process? And, um, you know, we'll... Do you expect them to deliver value to the team that's commensurate with their with their salary? And each of the in each of the cases of the players we tendered contracts to, we thought that that made sense and that those, those all of those guys would be valuable and contributing members of our team. Some other subjects to touch on. Michael Brantley, uh, obviously trying to come back and contribute next season after the shoulder issues. Uh, what do you have on Michael in terms of, of his rehab and comeback uh, prior to spring training? Well, Michael's been in Cleveland since the season's ended, and he's been here completing his or working through his rehab uh, diligently with our medical staff and is making great progress. Uh, our hope and expectation is that he will begin baseball uh, activities around the holidays, either you know, just towards the end of December or early January, and then be uh, ready without restrictions in spring training. Some others that uh, I know fans have uh, expressed interest in, obviously, uh, great contributors a year ago, Mike Napoli, Rajay Davis. They're on the free agent market right now. Uh, what can you tell us in terms of whether there's still interest on the part of, of the Indians and the player in both of those cases and uh, whether that's still an open possibility for both? Not too much has changed over the course of the last two weeks, Rosie, on either front. I think we maintain an interest in bringing both Raj and, and Mike back, and I think they continue to have interest in returning. The question and the difficulty in, is in the free agent market is finding that right value, and it takes a bit of time for players to understand their market, and sometimes that market takes a little while to uh, evolve and form for them to get clarity as to what appropriate value might be, and then you know that has to be able to line up with what makes sense for us as a team. And so naturally it takes some time usually during the course of the winter to, to put all those pieces together. Chris Antonetti joining us, Indians President of Baseball Operations. The winter meetings starting next week, and as you go there, uh, a little less time uh, because of the, the length of the postseason, which is a great thing for the Indians, but uh, from a preparation standpoint, business as usual for the Tribe heading into the meetings, even with uh, a little less time to, to get ready for them? It is, Rosie, yes. We've We've tried to compress all of the, the meetings that we would normally have throughout the duration of October, and 
uh, compresses down to you know a couple of weeks instead of having a you know a little over a month to do that. But we're well prepared going into the meetings. We've got an idea of what we'd like to accomplish and have had dialogue throughout the course of the month of, of November, uh, trying to move those those talks forward. And, and hopefully we'll be able to to find some pieces that we feel complement our roster, whether that's through the trade route or free agent route remains to be seen. But I'm optimistic we'll be able to do that. And as you look at the club, any specific areas that that uh, you maybe look at more. More than others? Um, I think, again, as you look at uh, the the core of our team, the guys that will be returning from last year, you know, we feel really good about that group. Obviously, lose, or we potentially could lose two key contributors in Mike Napoli and Rajay Davis. The skill set that they brought to our team uh, over the last year, that's the type of skill set we would be looking for uh, either through those guys directly or through players with similar skill sets to return to our team. And because of the success you had a year ago uh, with some later signings and uh, the value that you got from those two, some confidence that the, the market may be similar as it goes along, kind of what you mentioned along the lines for, for Napoli and Davis this year? Really hard to say uh, in any market. You know, things could things could change quickly, but there do appear to be a number of uh, offensive-oriented players that uh, are out there and available as free agents and in the trade market. And you know, hopefully, we can you know we can make something work with one of those guys that will improve our team. And you know, our preference, as we've said from the beginning, is to find a way to to bring Mike Napoli back. But we're very cognizant of the year that Mike had and how well positioned he is heading into free agency. And we'll close with uh, some of the good stuff. And, and I'm going to guess you might be along the lines of, of how Terry Francona handled his Manager of the Year award in the American League. But you were named by Baseball America Executive of the Year, um, where it just seemed like each move you made worked out the way you, you would have liked to have seen it. And uh, when you look back at, at winning an award like that, what does it mean to you and, and the organization? I think first and foremost, it's an organizational accomplishment. It's very humbling to be uh, recognized by a publication, an esteemed publication like Baseball America. But, Rosie, as you well know, it's not about any individual. While I may get the attention, it's really the result of a collective effort by an extraordinary group of people from our front, the entirety of our front office to our scouts to our player development staff, our coaches, Tito, the medical staff. I think everyone contributed to the success we had this year, and I think this recognition is more a reflection of, of their work than anything that than I've done specifically. That's, uh, that cycle is starting again. It, it actually already has, but uh, the winter meeting is getting going next week. Chris, enjoy them, and uh, thanks so much for the time today. Thanks, Rosie. My pleasure. A lot of subjects touched on with Indians President of Baseball Operations Chris Antonetti. One of the areas he could not comment on was the new labor agreement between Major League Baseball and the Players Association agreed upon as they just made it in time uh, at that deadline, which was... Uh, December 1st, so late, late in the evening on Wednesday, uh, both sides got together and hammered out a tentative agreement, and uh, Chris couldn't comment on that. He's been asked not to, but uh, we can fill you in on some of the details and some other news and notes when we return after this timeout as Tribe Talk continues on the Indians Radio Network. Welcome back to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse back with you from Progressive Field in downtown Cleveland. Hey, don't forget, Indian six-packs are available right now. A great stocking stuffer, a great holiday gift for that tribe fan in your family. 
Three different packages to choose from. Six games each. They're Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Some great promotions, fireworks, giveaways, KeyBank Kids Fun Days on Sundays. And uh, they start at under $100, so a great value for you if you want to jump on board and get in on the action as the Indians made it to Game 7 of the World Series this year and looking to get back and take it that one step further in 2017. You want to be a part of it here at Progressive Field. And the early returns, uh, ticket sales on those six-packs way ahead of the pace of a season ago. So get in on that. Go to indians.com slash tickets and uh, they'll be able to take care of you right there with some information and get you all squared away with the six-packs during this holiday season. And, yes, there will be baseball on time as uh, Major League Baseball and the Players Association hammered out a tentative five-year labor agreement earlier this week. So play continues uninterrupted through the 2021 season, and that means 26 consecutive years without a labor stoppage. You have to go back to the end of 1994 and on into 1995 to find the last labor stoppage. And really, uh, not too many major changes in the agreement. Uh, A couple of the things that, that do stand out, the season will be extended to 187 days rather than 183 to put some more off days in there. And also the start times on getaway days will be uh, altered to make sure that players have a little bit more rest when they're traveling to a new city. The disabled list time has been uh, shrunk from 15 days to 10 days. And, of course, home field advantage in the World Series, which had been determined by the winner of the All-Star game, that is no longer. It goes back to the way it was. Uh, Actually, not the way it was, but they take away winning the All-Star game as the caveat for home field advantage in the World Series. And now it's the team with the best regular season record at the end that will uh, have that extra home game in the World Series if it's necessary. Some of the other things that did come up, revenue sharing, just about the same. A little bit of uh, some differences there, but it doesn't appear as if anything too major. And uh, there was some discussions about an international draft. That did not happen, although there will be a cap on uh, some of the the bonuses that teams are allowed to give and signing bonuses to those players from places like the Dominican Republic, Japan, Cuba, things like that. And uh, just some minor changes in terms of draft uh, pick compensation for free agents in certain areas. So uh, some minor tweaks here and there, but uh, a lot of the basics still very much the same. And the big key is labor peace through 2021. So baseball will start on time with spring training. And uh, here's a good one. We will have our first spring training game on the radio for you February the 25th. The Indians will take on the Cincinnati Reds in Goodyear, Arizona to start Cactus League play. Man, it doesn't seem like it is that far off as uh, we get going for spring training. Not too long from now. And uh, we'll start that countdown for you after New Year's. How's that? Now, the Indians did make some uh, roster moves and signings earlier this week on the spring training invite front. Michael Martinez, who uh, they had taken off the 40-man roster, he has signed a minor league contract with that invite to Major League Spring Training, the utility man who saw a significant time in the Major Leagues this season for the Tribe, playing both on the infield and the outfield. The Indians also signing a backup catcher in Eric Kratz to a minor league contract with that major league invite for some catching depth 
Also on the signing front, the Indians signed outfielder Daniel Robertson to a minor league contract with that invite to Major League Spring Training Camp. Spent most of last season with Seattle's AAA ball club in Tacoma, Washington, out in the Pacific Coast League. Some signings uh, taking place already. We'll probably have uh, much more news for you. Maybe not necessarily from the Indians, but certainly throughout the game of baseball as the baseball winter meetings will take place this coming week in uh, the Washington, D.C., Baltimore area as uh, teams get together and uh, talk baseball, try and work some trades and uh, see what's going on. And as uh, we heard from Chris Antonetti, in our first segment on this week's edition of Tribe Talk, the Indians uh, will be very active, but uh, like last year, might have to wait for that market to play out a little bit before they see what's available. And uh, that strategy worked extremely well a year ago. And, hey, it's not just the Indians that do that. Talk to Baltimore about that. They signed Mark Trumbo very late in the game last offseason, and he ended up with a career year, huge home run numbers for Trumbo uh, with the Baltimore Orioles a year ago as he much like Mike Napoli signed a one-year deal, and uh, the Orioles and the player are very happy with the results as they turned out. So uh, the Indians and other teams looking uh, to be patient and see what the market bears as uh, they get closer to spring training. Now, stay with us. When we come back, we will hear from Bradley Zimmer, one of the Indians' top prospects in their minor league system, as we continue with Tribe Talk on the Cleveland Indians Radio Network. Welcome back to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse back with you from Progressive Field in downtown Cleveland. Hey, don't forget our Twitter address is at Indians Radio. That's at Indians Radio. All the information you need, guests on this show, and then as we get into spring training in the season, uh, we'll keep you up to date on anything going on with the radio broadcasts of the games. But again, at Indians Radio is our Twitter address. Well, the Indians have had... Uh, much improvement from their farm system in recent seasons. It has been highly productive with quality players, uh, most recently star-wise. All you have to do is look at shortstop and see Francisco Lindor, a product of the farm system that has contributed greatly to the Indian success at the major league level. As the tribe looks for that to continue, one of their top prospects, and in many cases throughout baseball publications, their top prospect is Bradley Zimmer, the center fielder out of the University of San Francisco, who was drafted in the first round back in 2014, 21st overall. This past season, Zimmer played at AA Akron and also AAA Columbus, 130 games total, hit 250, but 15 home runs, 62 runs driven in, and 38 stolen bases after stealing 44 bases in 2015, he's played a good center field. And you look at him, he's 6'5", so a big guy to be stealing that many bases. But obviously, it's uh, something that's a big part of his game, the speed game. Now, after the regular season, in terms of the minor leagues, Zimmer was one of several prospects for the Indians that played in the Arizona Fall League. That's that highly competitive league that takes place in spring training ballparks out in Arizona. Francisco Lindor, a graduate of the Arizona Fall League. And now Zimmer was joined by Greg Allen, another outfielder with good speed, and shortstop Yu Chen Chang, who has had some impressive seasons in the minor leagues for the Indians. And uh, they were all a part of the Mesa Ball Club, that ended up winning the Arizona Fall League Championship. We had a chance to visit with Bradley Zimmer recently, and he talked about 
the season just completed and uh, some of the progress that he's been able to make as he gains more experience in professional baseball. You know, it's good um, getting my body used to that and, uh, you know, just getting some more reps and um, getting to see some, some uh, quality pitching, you know, at the end of the season. So I think all around it was, uh, it was I really benefited from that. Now, your team was very good. You end up winning the, the Arizona Fall League Championship. And it seemed when you read about the league, it's more about individual prospects and how they're doing. But from a team standpoint, uh, is there a feeling of team, considering that, that you have players from different organizations on the different ball clubs kind of trying to get together at the end? Yeah, I think uh, we actually we had a really good uh, – Really good team chemistry. Everyone got along, um, as well as our coaching staff. Everyone was was uh, on the same <clears throat> on board with each other, and it, it all we all kind of meshed together. And I mean, obviously, it it, uh, it worked out well for us in the end because um, we we won the whole thing. But yeah, we had a lot of fun and uh, met a lot of a lot of good ball players and made some new friends. So I think uh, overall, it was it was, uh, it was definitely um, a good time. Brad Zimmer joining us. Indians uh, outfield prospect, a real strong season in the minor leagues, both at Double A and Triple A, and had a chance to talk to Dave Wallace, your manager at Double A, recently, and and he had mentioned uh, just some subtle things that you were working on offensively, and and can you explain uh, what you tried to do over the course of a season, adjustment wise, that you think could pay off down the road, especially uh, if and when you do reach the major leagues and try and have success there. Yeah, um, I think, you know, um, I was just creating a little bit of trying to shorten up my swing, kind of eliminate some length um, to really, you know, tap into that the powers, um, power game I have, you know, kind of in my arsenal. But, uh, but yeah, I, I was working with Dave and uh, hitting coach Tim Laker quite a bit. Um, and, and just – a lot, a lot of it was approach-oriented as well. But, uh, yeah, I made some little minor adjustments to my swing. And is it difficult to do that uh, during the course of the season when, when maybe you're familiar with something a little bit different and then you do try and, and make some changes that maybe don't show results right away? Yeah. Um, I think, it, you know, at first it was a little uh, it was tough, you know, because it's something that you don't really want to do in the middle of the season. Um, just because it's kind of out of your comfort zone, um, but but yeah, I think it was, you know in, in the long run um, it really worked out, and you know it was something that I worked on at the end of the season and carried into the fall week, so it was, uh, it was definitely helpful. Another big area of your game in the stolen base department, uh, the numbers are outstanding, and you're a big guy, and and when you look at at stolen bases for you, is it, is it strictly speed or is it more? just really doing a nice job of reading pitchers and getting good jumps when it comes to stealing bases for you. Yeah, I think, I think it's a combination of both. You know, I feel like I've, uh, you know, I've worked with our, uh, our base running coordinator quite a bit, um, you know, cause at first it was, just, I kind of just relied on my speed, but, you know, as you move up, um, from level to level, you kind of have to have a, a better idea of, you know, how to, how to read, and just look for little little keys on pitchers' deliveries, and and uh, you know the right time to go, when not when to go, when not to go. Um, so it's something I've really kind of developed over the last year and a half or so. 
Indians outfield prospect Brad Zimmer joining us. And uh, Brad, just to, to finish up, yeah, a long season. We, we talked about that at the start for you. Uh, what's the plan this offseason to make sure that, that you're ready to go for spring training? Yeah, I mean, it was like I said, it was a long season, so uh, I'm enjoying uh, at least a couple weeks to maybe a month off, and then uh, I'm going to get right back into it. I mean, I've I've already started um, working out and, and weight training and conditioning, but uh, I'll probably start hitting again here in a couple weeks. Um, and then, uh, and then yeah, I'll probably head up to Arizona early and uh, start working with our our staff and trainers and, um, you know, be, be as sharp as I can coming in the spring, hoping to win a job. And you mentioned that based on, on the season that you had and, and where you are in your pro career now, uh, how confident are you that you can make a real good impression in spring training this season? I mean, I, I'm very confident that, uh, that I can make a, you know, a good impression. Um, you know, it's not my my decision to just you know make the rosters and the lineups. Um, you know, I leave that to obviously to Tito and our our front office. Um, but you know, I'm going to do absolutely everything I can to to uh, you know win a job there and put myself in a position where I deserve it. So I'm really looking forward to uh, to spring training and getting to uh, you know play alongside um, big league guys and and uh, you know other other guys I've played with. And you mentioned the big league guys, and obviously a tremendous year at the major league level going to the World Series. From a, a prospect standpoint in the minor leagues, how did how did you take that in the fall? I know you're playing in the Arizona Fall League, but uh, what was it like for you as the Indians were making that run through the postseason, being a part of that organization? Yeah, it was, uh, it, was it was awesome. It was, it was a really exciting time, obviously, for them and, um, you know, for everyone who's um, – come through the organization who's who's in the organization um so i really i mean i didn't i didn't miss a single game didn't miss a single pitch it was um it was it was a lot of fun i mean it, it was it was tough having to watch it through the tv and not being there but uh you know i was really happy for for them and uh really really uh happy to be a part of you know the indians organization watching that well certainly a, a real Good season of progress for you, and we look forward to seeing you in the spring. Brad, thanks so much for the time today. All right, thank you. That's Bradley Zimmer, Indians outfield prospect in their minor leagues, and uh, right at the top now after finishing last season at AAA Columbus and spending some time in the Arizona Fall League. Look for him to get a long look in spring training and maybe be a part of the Indians outfield picture at some point in 2000. And 17. When that is remains to be seen. He'll have a big say in that and also the available opportunity at the major league level. Stay with us. We'll have more to come as we continue with Tribe Talk, the return of our Game of the Week segment as we conclude after this timeout on the Indians Radio Network. Welcome back to Tribe Talk, our final segment on this week's show, and it is the return of the Game of the Week. During our off-season editions of Tribe Talk, we take a look back at some of the great games of the 2016 season, and we go with an underrated game here, June the 1st, the Texas Rangers in town. And you may recall the Indians, as the season went along, it seemed a regular occurrence here at Progressive Field that they would have a walk-off win. By the end of the year, 11 
walk-off victories for the Tribe, but their first did not come until June the 1st against Texas. Now to set the scene for the ball game at Progressive Field, the Indians had dropped two in a row to Texas to start a three-game series. So they're trying to salvage the finale of the series. The Rangers had come into town in first place in the American League West with a 31 and 21 record. So Texas was certainly putting together another strong season and they would go on to reach postseason. Meanwhile, the Indians were still trying to find their legs. They came in with a record of 26 and 24. They hadn't really hit their stride yet. They were in third place in the AL Central, two and a half games off the pace. The pitching matchup featured Cy Young candidate Cole Hamels for the Rangers, and Trevor Bauer was on the hill for the Tribe. The Rangers jumped on top early with a runoff of Bauer in the top half of the first inning, but the Indians would go in front for the first time in the bottom half of the inning, thanks to Mike Napoli. The pitch. Swung out and belted. Deep left field. Gone to the bleachers. Mike Napoli with a blast of the bleachers in left. Puts the Tribe on top. Two to one in inning one. That is home run number 12 for Napoli. And it gives him 38 runs batted in. Boy, is he having a season for the Indians. The Rangers tied things up at two in the third inning. And then in the bottom of the fifth, it was the Indians that went back in front with Jason Kipnis coming through. The one-two, there goes Davis, and the pitch is lined down the right field line. Fair ball. One hop up against the wall. Davis is flying around third. He will score standing up. And Jason Kipnis is into second with an RBI double. The Indians take the lead 3-2. to two. The Rangers tied the game again in the seventh inning. Ryan Rua with a solo home run off of Bauer, who is still hanging around in this one. So that tied the game at three. But in the bottom half of the eighth inning, the Indians would take the lead once again, thanks to Juan Uribe. The pitch swung on line to center. It gets down. There's that RBI hit. Coming home is Ramirez. Throw to the plate. No chance. It enables Uribe to scamper to second. So the Indians so desperate for a base hit with men in scoring position. Finally get one here with two down in the eighth inning from Juan Uribe. As he laces an RBI single to center to score Jose Ramirez from second. And the Indians have a 4-3 to three lead. So the Indians were in front 4-3. to three. The Rangers would get a runoff of Cody Allen in the top half of the ninth inning. First blown save of the season for Allen, and that tied the game at four. So we went to extra innings as the Indians could not take the lead in the ninth. The game headed to the bottom half of the 11th, still tied at four, and that's where we pick up the action with Tom Hamilton on the call for the bottom of the 11th. Well, we go to the bottom of the 11th inning, and this ballgame is all tied up at four. And Alex Claudio, a sidearm left-handed reliever, got the final two outs in the 10th. Starts the 11th, left on left, as Lonnie Chisinau with four ground outs steps in and bounces one toward third foul, strike one. Each team, four runs. Each team, eight hits. Each team looking for its second extra inning win of the year. Now the 0-1 pitch. 
Swung on, sliced to left. Base hit down the line. This is headed toward the left field corner. And Chisinau gets fan interference. Fan reached out and grabbed that ball. But Ford got into the corner, but it's a double. And Chisinau with his sixth double of the year, and that's a biggie. So the winning run is now at second base. And Jan Gomes, who struck out his first time up, will come to the plate. And now a meeting on the mound. Nobody is throwing in the Texas bullpen. So it's up to Alex Claudio. Indians trying to get Jan Gomes going now. He is hitless in his last 14 at-bats. Struck out his only time up here tonight. The set. The pitch. And it's bunted foul, third base side. How about that? Jan Gomes trying to get down a sack bunt. He doesn't have any sack bunts this year. Rangers pinch in at the corners. Winning run at second. Gomes has one major league sack bunt. The pitch, he chops one back up the middle into center field. It's a base hit. It's a game winner for Jan Golds. Flying home with a winning run is Lonnie Tizanol. And the Indians have their first walk-off win. And Gomes gets tackled out by first base. And now it's a dog pile. So the Cleveland Indians get that walk-off win. Lonnie Tizanol started the inning with a double. And then Jan Gomes banged one back up the middle. And RBI singled to center. And Chisinau scored with ease from second. And the Indians get their first walk-off win of the year and have beaten the Texas Rangers here tonight in 11 innings by a final score of 5-4. to four. And Tom Gorsolani, he faced one batter and he gets his first win as a Cleveland Indian. After the game, the hero, Jan Gomes, stopped by to talk about his big base hit. First off, are you okay, Jan? I mean, it looked like... <laughs> I think we're going to the College World Series based on that dog pile. Oh, man, that was something that we've been battling all week. It's uh, something, something good going into a, a big series against the KC. So get the momentum on our side, get guys going, and uh, that was just a heck of a ball game. <laughs> you got the new glasses. Uh, yeah. Did they hold up? And then number two, did they do they help you so far? Have you noticed a difference? Um, yeah, it's been something that I've been dealing with since spring training last actually a couple of spring trainings with contacts and I couldn't do them but uh I guess yeah it didn't work with bunting but it sure did <laughs> <laughs> well tell us about that I mean after the bunt attempt did Tito just say go ahead take a shot at it no Tito never gave me the bunt <laughs> oh you did that on your own yeah I was just trying to get him over past the torch and uh, once that didn't work I figured I got to try to do this myself First walk-off win of the season, Jan. I know uh, they always seem to give the team a lift with a, with a big series coming up. and uh, It was a battle this series. Uh, how big was this tonight? It was huge, man. I mean, like you guys said, uh, we haven't uh, done as good as we want to in uh, late innings. And uh, that's usually like our thing. We 13 or 14, we were really good in late innings. And uh, hopefully this gives us a big boost. And uh, just keeping the momentum going now. Well, great, John job tonight, Jan. Thanks for joining us, and uh, hope you're healed up and ready to catch uh, tomorrow night. Good, 
Thanks, Jan. <laughs> the adrenaline's still kicking in. <laughs> And the next day, Tribe Manager Terry Francona talked to Hammy about the big walk-off win and how great it was to see Jan Gomes come through after a tough start to his season. With everything that went on yesterday, and then have a lead three different times and not be able to handle the lead for too many innings and yet find a way to win, boy, that's a big win, isn't it, Terry? Yeah, I mean, it was a long day. There's no getting around it. Um and we were sending guys down. We had the Marlon Bird situation. Then, you know, we gave up leads, and then you go extra innings. But at least when we won that game, to see the guys jumping on the field, that was such a good thing, especially for, for Jan Gomes. I mean, for him to come through and let the guys jump on him. They've been dying to do that. That'll do him a world of good. Yeah, because he's really a critical piece to this puzzle, isn't he? Now, and the one thing, though, there's a couple saving graces here. One is that I know his batting average is low, but he's got 26 RBIs. Yeah. I mean, he, when he gets his hits, they're men on base. He's, in fact, he's been one of our best with men on base, and he's going to hit. We know that. As long as he stays healthy, which he is, and he can still shine. That's the one nice thing about being a very good defensive catcher is when you don't hit, there's other ways you can help influence the game. I mean, my goodness, the, you know, the, you look at the stats – and team, like teams like Kansas City like to run, it's hard when Gomer's behind the plate because he's so good. And, of course, the sidebar to that is Gomes never really did get rolling at the plate, and then coming out of the All-Star break in a series in Minneapolis, he suffered the separated shoulder that effectively ended his season, although he did come back and was on the postseason roster for the Indians uh, down the stretch and into the World Series. So he was able to continue playing, but certainly not the season that he had hoped for, but June the 1st proved to be a big night for Jan Gomes with an RBI base hit that won it for the Tribe, the first of 11 walk-off wins for the American League champions. Well, that's going to do it for our game of the week this week, and that also concludes this edition of Tribe Talk. Great to have you with us as always. We'll catch up with you next week right here at Progressive Field for another edition of Tribe Talk right here on the Cleveland Indians Radio Network. to Tribe Talk, presented by Progressive, making it easy to bundle home and car insurance. Brought to you by Subway, the official training restaurant of the Cleveland Indians. By the University of Akron. Visit areyououtthere.com.